0: The Timber Foundation gives medical professionals, local and abroad, the chance to give back to the community, help those in dire need of medical attention, and find their love of the art of medicine again. Their volunteer program is a one-of-a-kind at Moditlo Private Game Reserve, and it's a perfect doctor's refuge. Medical specialists and their partners stay at the five-star doctor's refuge free of charge on a self-catering basis while they explore Hood Sprayt and work at the Tintuolo Hospital and affiliated clinics. Barbara McGorian yep. has joined us in studio to chat about the amazing initiative that is bringing Grey's Anatomy to our part of the world. <laughs> Barbara, it's so great to have you on my Jackpot episode.
1: Thank you very much. And really, I appreciate you listening to my story.
0: Man, it's so inspirational. I've known you for a couple of years. We met at a charity foundation on a very cold bridge the one night. Um, okay. But since then, you've, you've got involved with this initiative. What is it about?
1: Yes, I have. And I've been very lucky to be involved in it. Uh, simply because it is one of the most truly philanthropic projects I have ever known. Um, I've been involved, as you know, in lots of charity projects throughout the years, but each one of them has always had some kind of business give back, whereas this is pure philanthropy. And I say that because the founder, who's an ex-South African, now lives in Canada, really wanted to give back to the country of his birth and looked at various options of what was most needed. And while going on a holiday through the Timbavati Game Reserve, saw how desperate the communities of that area, mainly the farming communities and obviously the Game Reserve Lodge communities, struggled to get decent health care. There are government hospitals, but they are very under-resourced, both in terms of equipment and in terms of doctors. And while there are a lot of structures, clinics, hospitals, et etc., et cetera, they don't have the doctors to support the work that that should be done there. So... He decided that in order to really try and make an impact and try and uplift that under-resourced community, he would start the TSEMBA Foundation, which in essence brings doctors from South Africa, from abroad, many ex-South Africans who left the country in the dark years of apartheid and now want to give back. They were trained here at WITS as medical doctors and now want to give back also to the country of their birth. And so the TSEMBA Foundation allows these people to come To work in the hospital, mainly Tinswala, but as you said, affiliated clinics, uh, serve that community. But the uniqueness of our project is that they stay in beautiful accommodation.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is this a normality for other countries to send their doctors to South Africa?
1: Medical volunteering programs are very common in Africa, simply because of the nature of it being Africa. But they're not that – the fact that these are South Africans and and many ex-South Africans who were born and bred here have that normal – that pull. They want to come back to South Africa. They have that magnetic pull back to the land of their birth.
0: You can take a South African out of Africa, but you can't take it out of them.
1: Absolutely. 100%. But having said that, currently I have five – Foreign doctors who are not South Africans at all also wanting to come. We've got doctors from Australia, New Zealand, Germany, Brazil, the US and Canada all putting their their applications to come and volunteer through the Zemba Foundation.
0: So the Zemba Foundation is basically a beautiful lodge that you guys have created for these doctors to stay at. And then in order for them to almost barter staying there, they need to put hours in at these different clinics.
1: Absolutely. So what we felt when we built the foundation, when we built the lodge, was that in many volunteering campaigns, doctors, medical professionals stay in pretty ordinary basic dormitories almost. So they never really escape the difficulty of the work that they do during the day. But with us, when they come back, they can have a day where there might be a car accident and 30 people come in very badly injured, not much uh, equipment, difficult, difficult circumstances in the hospital. At least when they come back, they can unwind, they can relax in the beautiful surroundings of the southern Drakensberg of the Meditla Reserve. It's a wild. It's a big five reserve, so they can sit on the deck. Animals come and drink at the waterhole. They can have anything from Inyala and giraffe to wild dog and elephants, which we've had all and any of them. Um, And then it gives them an opportunity to reflect on the work that they did in the day to recharge their batteries. And the next day they're back in the hospital, but they've had a wonderful night's sleep. They've had a chance to, to interact with other doctors because that's the way the lodge is designed, that the doctors all get together in the evenings. They discuss what they did during the day and very often draw on each other's experiences of what they did and what their disciplines are, and then the next day they're refreshed and ready to go back into into the hospital.
0: What I love is that, and like you said, there's international um, interest as well, but that they can come here, do the skill that they have and help the people of South Africa while still enjoying the bush. It's a great incentive.
1: That's why we're so successful. And although we've only been going for a year, we've had almost 40 doctors in that short time. Um, simply because we do offer that unique experience. We're also on the doorstep of Kruger Park, on the doorstep of the Blinder River Canyon, and many other wonderful nature sites and nature uh, reserves. So really, you can the doctors can come and on a weekend, on a Friday afternoon, pack their bags, 20 minutes, and they're in Kruger, have a wonderful experience, particularly the overseas doctors. But of course, as you said, you can't take South African. You also can't take the bush out of a South African. Oh, one hundred percent. So they love the fact that we are so close to Kruger. That even where they're staying, they see animals. But they're a minute away from Kruger, and then there's the whole beauty of the Blinder River Canyon. How
0: did you? How did you get involved in this? Because I, I can feel the passion.
1: I took a semi-retirement or an early retirement from my previous job uh, after working there for many, many years. And then found that there was absolutely no way I could sit at home. <laughs> so it became, uh, it it actually fell into my lap. I met the founder. He was looking for somebody to get the project up and running. He living in Canada didn't have the opportunity to be on the ground here, Uh, so he asked me to come on board. And it was just at a stage of my life where I was absolutely free and ready for something completely
0: different. Barbara, I think it was the universe. Yes, I think it was just the universe, aligning and putting you in the space.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent. And it was a complete reinvention of who I am, from a totally corporate, pressured, money-driven environment. As I said in the beginning, this is just pure philanthropy, philanthropy, and without wanting to sound cheesy or kitsch, it really is a, a passion. It's a wonderful thing to do. So, and the people who've come on board, the doctors who come, many come back because the experience is so rewarding. Many, a lot of our doctors are referrals. In fact, a great quantity of the people who come are referrals. We've got three doctors coming now in October, and November, and all three of them are referrals from previous doctors. So they're clearly having a really good experience. <laughs>
0: When it comes to the, the clinics and, and the hospitals in the area, what sort of procedures are they doing? What are, the, what are they in need of?
1: Okay, well, really everything. So if I were to prioritize the doctors who we want to come, I would start with GPs, family doctors, doctors who've studied family medicine, and gynecologists. Those are kind of top of the list, simply because it's everyday aches and pains that people come to the hospital with. Lots of babies are being born. So the the women who come they in and out and in and out and any slight deformity or complication can get overlooked. I'm not saying it does, but can because there is such a shortage of uh, of doctors. So those are really our top priorities. However, having said that, dentists, cardiologists, ENT surgeons, diabetic specialists, all those have been and have made an enormous impact. We had an ENT there two months ago, and he did a tonsillectomy. It's the first tonsillectomy that's taken place in that hospital in living memory.
0: Tonsillectomy is getting rid of the the tonsils.
1: So, I mean, something as simple as that, which is a routine op, cannot be done at these hospitals because there is not a specialist to do it. From his visit, we are now looking at doing, and thanks to him and various other ENTs that he's contracted or that he's spoken to, we're looking at a kind of six-week cycle where they'll come every six weeks and do 30, 40 patients, high-volume operations on things to do with the head, ears, nose and throat, where there are problems, just a simple thing like grommets in a child's ears, unheard of in the hospital. That's it's sim- so
0: scary because it's as a privileged person that lives in the city. There's got so many hospitals around us and and doctors with great expertise. We take that for granted.
1: Absolutely, we do. So it's almost, if I could say, a double whammy for the for the people there because number one. They' getting these operations done, but number two, they are seeing top specialists of South Africa who, normally we, as the privileged, would pay a fortune to see and wait six months to get an appointment. These people are able to see them free of charge, get world class medical advice on uh, anything that may be wrong with them, um, and then lots of spin offs for example, a diabetic specialist came. He saw such a need because it's, a, it's, it's a, a rising illness in the black population of South Africa is diabetes. So two of our nurses were trained to be highly skilled on detecting and looking at diabetic patients. Instead, two,
0: two of the nurses that are based at yes, that hospital. Yes,
1: yes. One in that hospital and one in a clinic. So we now have... They came, they were, thanks to the Diabetic uh, Society of South Africa, they trained them on an advanced course on diabetes. So instead of the patients coming, lining up every Tuesday morning, getting their meds and going home, now they can be seen by a, so, a specialist, although still a nurse, has had advanced training on diabetes.
0: Absolutely amazing. When you when you get these doctors... so. If I'm an optometrist and I decide I'm going to come through and I'd like to come through, I apply for it, how do you let the locals know that an optometrist is coming?
1: It's a very good question and something that we're working on. And funny, you should mention an optometrist because we're actually in the process of we're about to build an eye clinic in the grounds of Tensuala Hospital.
0: So important in in the communities that are underprivileged and are not getting um, the expertise and the skills from these doctors. A lot of our our older generation who are getting cataracts, whose eyes are going, they don't get the necessary help. And all they need is a, a small op or just a pair of glasses.
1: Absolutely. So there are two, there are all sorts of ends to that spectrum. Um, yes, you're quite right. The doctor, the patients, there are blind. They have grade four cataracts at the moment. The waiting list is over 19,000 people oh, waiting gosh. just in that area to have a cataract op. But there are no ophthalmologists to do it. And yes, it's a simple, simple procedure. So we felt the one area that we could make a huge difference. To cha- really changing lives was to get let people see again. So on the one end we've got older people who, with cataracts, who are literally who are blind. On the other end we've got children who can't see the blackboard properly. So just a, a pair of glasses will change their lives in school. They'll be able to see. They'll be able to learn. Currently children are failing. They're stuck at the back of the class because they've become naughty. We can change all of that. So our eye clinic will focus specifically on uh, eye testing and on cataracts. But to get back to your point about how do we let the community know if an optometrist is coming, the intention now will be that we'll know an ENT or an optometrist or a specialist is coming. So we then inform the hospital. Our chief medical officer is also a volunteer. He's a physician, a retired physician, but he also volunteers in the hospital. So he then lets the network know. So any patient they see who may have, let's assume it's eyes, who has a problem with the eyes, will be told that next month, make sure you come. We actually set up appointments and we can line up 50 patients who will come back when we know the the optometrist or the ophthalmologist will be there. And then that's how they get seen.
0: Absolutely amazing. You mentioned that um, you had doctors return. As much as they love the bush and they get this lodge, are they loving doing the work and, and doing this work for free?
1: Absolutely. As you said in your introduction, um, they can rekindle the their love for the art of medicine. And really, no matter how much money a doctor might make, a person trains to be a doctor because they want to help people. There's that absolutely altruistic passion in them to do good for humankind. So. As many of them have got come from very busy private practices, but are more than happy to take a week or two weeks off where they're not going to earn any money simply to give back. And it is just that simple. They feel that the self reward that they get from helping people is immeasurable
0: what is the biggest need that you guys have now because obviously you're you're in this initiative and you're working towards it is it doctors that's what you're looking for
1: absolutely it's doctors doctors and more doctors and as i mentioned Family practice, family medicine, uh, GPs, gynecologists, and as soon as our clinic gets going, then it's going to be ophthalmologists all the way.
0: How do we keep up to date with everything that you're up to? Because it seems like it's quite a lot. And also for our listeners, maybe they have an uncle or an aunt or someone that's a doctor. How do we get them to apply?
1: Okay, so our our website we keep that updated. We have a doctor's gallery where doctors who come are interviewed, videoed, so they can constantly look at that. If I can give you the website address, it's ww.sember and that's T S H E M B A foundation dot org. And of course they can contact me on O six four five O seven double five two seven. Or my email address is easy enough, Barbara at uh, We would welcome any inquiries, even if you're thinking of coming in two years' time. If you just want to know more, please don't hesitate to find out. Go to our website, um, and we'll keep you updated. We have monthly newsletters which we send out to our database of doctors, keeping you appraised, keeping them appraised of what we're doing and where we're going. So we'd love to have any inquiry. That's what we're looking
0: for. Barbara, I am not a doctor, but I'd love to come and see what you guys do sometime and uh, spend some time in the hospitals and just maybe capture it and and spend some time with the doctors because I think it's a great initiative.
1: Brent, there's always going to be an opening for you.
0: Thank you. And thank you for being on my jackpot. It's an honor to to chat to you today. And you. That's it. Wishing you only good things. And for more good things, visit www.goodthingsguy.com. Okay. Love you. Bye.